This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Here's where we're headed today. We're going to start off talking about Governor Gretchen Whitmer and her promise to fix the roads, where she's going to get the money, how she's going to negotiate with the legislature, which is still controlled by Republicans. We're going to talk with Chad Livengood, a reporter for Crane's Detroit Business, and then with Susan Demas, who's editor-in-chief of Michigan Advance, a progressive news site that is now covering Michigan politics. And then we're going to switch subjects and talk a little about Macomb County and voters there, specifically the voters who supported Donald Trump in 2016 and helped deliver the White House to him. Some of them have told a Washington Post reporter that in light of the shutdown and some of the other controversies, they're rethinking their votes. They're rethinking their support. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that segment as well. Up front, let's talk about Governor Gretchen Whitmer and the roads. Her campaign slogan was, fix the damn roads. And now she has to find a way to deliver on that message. She faces a Republican-led legislature that is likely not jumping at any opportunity to help her out. But they also face their own constituents. And every legislative district has its own issues with crumbling roads. That's where we begin the conversation today. And of course, we want to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. As always, what do you think about the prospect that we will get a roads deal early in the Whitmer administration? Do you think she has something up her sleeve that will fund road construction, not just this year, but into the future? And do you think that the legislature will go along with what she wants? A lot of Republicans have said no new revenue, no new revenue at all is uh, what they think the solution should include for our roads. Uh, Is that a realistic plan? Do you think we can fix the roads here in Michigan without raising new revenue? Joining us now to talk more about this issue is Chad Livengood. He's a reporter for Crane's Detroit Business. Chad, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So where do road funding talks stand in the early days of this administration? Well, this is a lot uh, of deja vu right now because you have a governor who is trying to push forward this issue. She has not introduced an actual plan, though, back during the campaign. She said she was open to fee increases. Um, and as she said, if the, if the legislature wasn't, quote, strong enough uh, to, to raise fees or taxes uh, on users of roads, particularly in the gas tax, basically, or vehicle registration fees, that she would pursue a ballot initiative, uh, likely in 2020. Um, asking the voters to approve billions of dollars in bonds. I've I've referred to this as the uh, get out the damn credit card uh, plan <laughs> um, because that's essentially what the options are now at this point. Um, there is no panacea, magic, um, you know, uh, pot of money in Lansing sitting around. Um, state government, uh, just for perspective. Uh, state government really, uh, really runs on a ten billion dollar general fund budget. That budget has grown by th- less than three percent this century. Um, I mean, it is eighteen years now. Three billion dollars under inflation, um, and so state government, uh, for all intents and purposes, economists would say, has been you know in a sort of self-starving mode uh, for for almost two decades now, and and so. The, the legislature back in 2015 decided they were going to start taking out money out of the hide of the general fund uh, in order to fund roads. They, they had this $1.2 billion plan. Um, half of it was going to come in in a gas and vehicle registration fee uh, tax increase. 
in 2017 after the 2016 election, and the other half of it was going to come from the general fund and be fully funded by 2021. Based on where the general fund is right now, um, we don't really have that money. Um, I mean, they would have to start cutting other areas of the budget or essentially, you know, there won't be pay hikes for state workers. So there have to be some some cutbacks because the, the, the budget will not support uh, this $600 million subsidy for, uh, in perpetuity. So, so the idea, though, of borrowing money to fix the roads also has, I think, an inherent structural problem, right? If you borrowed billions of dollars to fix the roads, one it, it's a one-time fix, and our problem is ongoing. So you'd pay for 30 years or whatever the note would be on, on a lump sum of money that still would not change the reality, I guess, in, in Lansing. We're, we're still paying for bonds that John Angler took out uh, to, to build new roads, uh, build M6 through southern part of Grand Rapids uh, in those suburbs, and and help build uh, build out Hall Road and other types of, of our suburbs that were still being built out in the 90s. Um, and and we're still paying a couple hundred million dollars a year uh, on, on the, uh, of that debt. That's money that is diverted away from just emergency road repairs, which we are going to start seeing here as soon as it warms up this afternoon. Um, that we're going to have uh, uh, we're going to have some new uh, new holes in the roads um, uh, yeah, after this uh, this this long cold spell we've had. So um, th- these are the challenges they face every day. Now it's up to uh, Governor Whitmer to try to figure out how to um, uh, how to convince the legislature. And you have two camps already that have formed. Senator Mike Shirky, the Senate Majority Leader, has basically said he wants he doesn't think there needs to be any more money. He wants to wait until 2021 just to see how it, how this all works out. Uh, see if if the, if it's, if it's, if it's uh, satisfactory. He's in this camp also that believes that the road the road builders don't have the capacity to do more work. The Road Builders Association says, oh, yes, we do, um, and, uh, and just challenge us, and we'll, we'll make it all happen. Um, and then, and then uh, House Majority, or House, excuse me, House Speaker uh, Lee Chatfield, he, he comes with a different perspective. He wants to try what I've kind of referred to as the Bolger Plan. He wants to go back to what former Speaker Jace Bolger tried in removing the sales tax from gasoline, because none of that money, the 6% sales tax um, on gasoline, does not go to the roads. And that's a big rub for, for drivers um, and, and politicians alike in this state. And they've been trying to figure out how to, how to take that away. The problem is, the rub, is that you, you, if, you, if you just remove that today, you take a billion dollars out of the school aid fund. You will, you will send several school districts. You're shorting something else. You're, yeah, exactly. So um, you have to replace it. Now, we tried to do this back in, in May of 2015 with this, this one, one, cent gas, or one cent sales tax increase that was going to replace the lost revenue. And, and it was a very, very complicated Christmas tree proposal that was cooked up in the 2014 lame duck session. And the voters rejected it um, spectacularly um, by four to one margin. I mean, 80 percent no. And it was just unbelievable how bad that thing went down in flames. So we've we've kind of been down that road. That's why I say this is kind of deja vu. Uh, you got, um, you know, the, the already the governor, the Senate majority leader and the House speaker staking out three different positions um, and 
and nobody seems to be, re- be willing to blink yet. Yeah. My guest is Chad Livengood, a reporter with Crane's Detroit Business. We are talking about roads here in the state of Michigan and what the plans might look like from Governor Gretchen Whitmer as she prepares to unveil what she plans to do about the roads. She spent a lot of the campaign talking about fixing what she called the damn roads, a very popular campaign slogan that probably helped her win in November. Now, though, she's got to deliver. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us uh, what you think about the plans to fix the roads. What would you like to see the governor and lawmakers do? What would you like to see in terms of revenue? Would you be willing to pay more taxes, maybe at the pump, maybe when you register your car in order to generate the more, the billions more dollars that we need to put our roads into better condition? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Chad, before we get to the phones, I, I wanted to have you address just for a little a little bit here how out of line or how out of step Michigan is in the way it pays for its roads than uh, with other states. Uh, are we really not paying enough for our roads or are we spending the money that we raise more foolishly than states uh, that are similar to us? Well, I mean, similar sized states, uh, some of them have fewer roads. I mean, we have somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of 700,000 miles of county roads alone in, in this state. Um, and just for, for perspective, the tax on marijuana, um, it, it, the most um, gracious uh, um, 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 estimate for the, for the t- tax revenue it'll, it'll generate for roads, it will pave 39 miles of county roads a year. Um, Oakland, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Oakland County has 500 miles alone that are that are rated bad or poor condition. Um, Macomb County has like 700 miles, uh, and if you live in Shelby Township or one of these suburbs that was built in in the, in the 70s, and those are the original roads you're driving on still, and they're falling apart uh, as you go every day, and and so. Um, yeah, we, we just uh, simply we disinvested for so long, or we underinvested for so long, it is starting to catch up. Even with this $1.2 billion that's being phased in, uh, right now on MDOT's uh, trunk line roads, so your, your, hi- your highways, uh, your state roads, anything with an M or a US or, or an I in front of it, um, 75% of those roads are rated in good or fair condition today. In 2021, when the plan is fully funded, 66% of them will be rated in good condition mm. and in 10 years 48% will be so we if just on the on the well, on the trajectory right now we're spending we're sliding back we're sliding backwards and and so uh, we're not even really catching up uh, uh, much less uh, keeping pace so um they said this they said this back in 2014 2015 during the first big huge debate they said this was, you know, a billion dollars less than they need now. Um, the uh, governor, uh, Rick Snyder's 21st Century Infrastructure Commission, they wrote one of these 189-page reports that are just d- gathering dust in, in the Romney <laughs> building right now uh, in, in, in Lansing. Um, and they, they concluded Michigan needed like $4 billion more annually 
for transportation and underground infrastructure, um, particularly water infrastructure. And we're seeing that left and right with all kinds of water main breaks just this week. Um, and so just a good, good, good example, my daughter's school has ha- had, a, had a water main break yesterday afternoon. Uh, the second second time the same water main has broken um, this school year. I mean, this uh, this and, and and I think this is starting to show up more in the suburbs. Um, like I said, that were built 50 years ago, and now people are having to sort of account for the infrastructure, and, and they're aging. And we have not taken appropriate care of of all of the things that we built. Yeah, I mean, and we're not alone. Michigan's not alone in that. Other 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 city, uh, states with with uh, big urban uh, centers have have similar infrastructure problems. Um, ours do seem more pronounced, and we also, and people don't like this, but we <laughs> this is the explanation. But we do have different weather here uh, than uh, you. You do not get the kind of uh, freeze thaw cycles um, even in Dayton, or, or especially Cincinnati, uh, that you get uh, in Detroit. I mean, we just get a different. Uh, um, I can't tell you how many times it, it uh, warmed up to forty degrees and then dropped it to. to into the teens last winter when we had that really nasty stretch of of of, of potholes. And it's season. that those extremes. It's the the expanding and contracting right. that happens to the road material when that happens that causes these. Giant yeah, they potholes. can't engineer roads any better than they. At least the experts tell me that that, that this is what this is as good as they get. I mean, yeah, there's been criticism, and there was there was some of this concrete they had the engineers refer to as concrete cancer. That's what a lot of Macomb County and some of Oakland County has been sort of built on uh, is some concrete from the 70s and 80s that that uh, that eventually just starts crumbling at the seams, and it's where you get these huge gaps in the road, and then then you know then they start coming in with with. Uh, um, asphalt and trying to fill it in, and then then it gets really unbumpy, and then they have that that mix of asphalt and concrete. I call that Macomb plaid. <laughs> uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's get to some of these callers. Eric in Plymouth, you're up first. What's on your mind? Hi, Hi Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for uh, taking my call. One of the things that I'd like to see come out of whatever they do with the roads is do something about the weight limits on trucks. Michigan has some of the highest per pound per axle limits in the country. And I know Chad was just talking about fluctuations in weather, but it's really the trucks are tearing up the roads. And I just don't want to see a lot of money being spent on something that's just going to be torn up again. And I'm hoping maybe Chad can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Eric, thanks very much for the call and the question. Chad, we do allow trucks to be heavier on our roads yep. than uh, other states do, but we also have this this in- important crossing, two important crossings into Canada that brings a different kind of traffic here than you would see in other states. Uh, what What's the reason that we don't charge more for those heavy trucks? Well, uh, the, the reason probably is, is much politics and lobbying. I mean, the, the trucking industry uh, has a pretty good voice in Lansing. They've They've staved off any uh, attempt to try to raise those fees. Um, one of the, the one of the bigger um, um, uh, truck weight limit issues, or one, where a lot of this is concentrated, is the, is the Upper Peninsula with with logging trucks uh, that have. But they also require we require more axles uh, in Michigan. And the engineers, again, and, and uh, they say that this spreads out the weight. It spreads out the wear and tear on the roads. I mean, I've heard this from uh, M- MDOT officials uh, until they're blue in the mouth in the face. But um, uh, but the, one of the biggest driving factors of these weight limits is is the is the Upper Peninsula trucking uh, for logs. 
Um, and for the longest time, uh, the, the UP was re- represented by State Senator Tom Casperson, and he was uh, a former uh, logging company owner. Uh, and so he um, fought uh, tooth and nail every attempt for the last eight years in the state Senate, and I think a couple years before that in the House. Um, essentially, for the past decade, he's been one of the main voices fighting that. He's now termed out and no longer there, but um, you can I could probably assure you that someone else will take up that mantle uh, in Lansing. Um, and yeah, we do have a lot of, tr- of, of cross-border traffic too. You don't, you don't, they don't, I mean, you have, in Indiana and Ohio have a lot of you know, truck traffic that flows down their uh, their toll road, but it's uh, it's also their toll road. It's 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 got a dedicated revenue source that is you know it makes sure that that road is taken care of real nicely. I eighty, uh, and so we don't have that luxury, and uh, and we have an indus- we have an industry and economy that um, that relies on uh, just in time uh, parts and traffic uh, moving across those two bridges in, in at uh, at uh, Blue Water and and the Ambassador. So unlikely that we would see. The governor or the legislature really stand up to the trucking industry. Here. I mean, I could see the governor doing it, um, but but though, I, mean, I don't think she's going to like ban all trucks, you know, um, overnight. I mean, it, there's you know, there's a, there's a, there's economic considerations here hmm. uh, to be made, and um, and that's that's one thing that's kind of lost sometimes in the in the debate about roads. Like our roads are. Are, are a big part of our economic livelihood uh, in this state. Um, I mean, I wrote a column last year about Mound Road when it was just at the worst state. And I said, can you even, can we anyone name a road that is more economically important? There are multiple auto plants from starting, if you go all the way down to GM Hamtramck and follow the route uh, that, that leads into Mound Road. Up through Warren and, uh, up and through Warren. I mean, you got the, the, the Warren truck plant. I mean, there's there's a big chunk of the state's GDP um, produced on Mound Road. Um, and yet it's it's a road that is has been allowed to be gone to hell in a handbasket. They finally got this big federal grant to try to rebuild it, but it's going to be a couple of years. They had to do a temporary paving job this, this past in, in Warren and Sterling Heights this past summer and fall. And um, but yet we kind of uh, as a state just kind of let this one go. Um, and if you're like if you're a company looking to move to Michigan and, and you, if, when you first land on the on the ground and and all you find is just horrible roads, that's a pretty bad first impression. I mm. I go back to you know, I'm a political reporter and I I um I covered uh, when President Obama came to town and came to Ann Arbor in in April of 2014. So this has been almost five years ago now. Came in for a rally for for Gary Peters when he was running for the U.S. Senate, and and remember we were leaving U of M and, and headed back to to Willow Run Airport. I was in the motorcade, and uh, we we're going over the uh, State Street Bridge. Um, maybe it was the Anniversary Saline Bridge, Anniversary Saline Bridge, and the whole bridge is closed off. And the whole motorcade is just swerving around Powell's. This is the first mm. week in April, so it's like horrible. I mean, we are literally being tossed in back and forth in this van. And I, I, I never felt more embarrassed um, to be a Michigander that, than that moment. Right. The president <laughs> um, is the president is, is The president and, and, the, and the beast, uh, the, the limo he rides in, is, is to- <laughs> trying to avoid uh, getting you know taken out by a Michigan pothole. Um, and it just it was sort of... Uh, it was a daunting moment. Like, boy, this is really getting to to the point of of, of national embarrassment. Yeah, uh, Eric. Again, thanks very much for the call and the question. Uh, let's get to Tim in Bagley. Tim, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Wow. 
I'm just taking down these notes listening to your uh, speaker this morning. Mm -hmm. His valid points are we're not going to stop the truck traffic, and I would not really suggest that we do because the historic uh, link between Canada and the U.S. is rooted right there. A lot of that traffic does not come and stop in Michigan. It goes to the American South uh, East quite a bit. Right. Uh, also, he also mentioned something about uh, we've got pretty well-constructed roads, and I would say fairly well, whether they're perfectly done or poorly done. Wayne County Road Commission can only keep themselves employed if they come back every summer, which they do. they got orange barrels always out there, despite the fact that concrete for the road is 2,000 pounds per square inch. That's just about any load-bearing statistic, but they're always out there rechanging, redoing, keeping themselves employed. Uh, my initial statement is, uh, yes, fix the damn roads. We did hear that quite a bit. I would... Oh, excuse me. I was a little skeptical when I heard that. I only voted for our now governor because of the fact that when I was thumbing through the pages, looking at the candidates and all the backgrounds on them, she was the only one who got all of the substantial endorsements. So because of that, I voted for her. I also want a woman to start taking control of some of these jobs held by men who don't quite know where to stick their fingers. But I also am not so sure that after the gas, diesel gas tax, gasoline taxes, tax, 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 tax for roads, that we are in over our heads with. I'm not interested in her telling me that we're going to start raising taxes to do the roads. Mm. If you recall, Michigan had the, one of the best, lowest sales taxes when it was 4% 15, 20 years ago. We're now at 6 and these politicians dare ask for more. Where is the money going that they keep appropriating from us in all of these years? Yeah, Tim, that's a great question. It's actually been 30 years now since we had a 4% Tax sales tax here. That's that was pre Prop A. Prop A added two uh, two cents to the to the sales tax, and, and so that's a little longer ago than maybe we all want to care to remember. But but Chad, that's an interesting perspective, and it's something I hear a lot from people. People feel like they're already taxed a lot for everything, and not just roads. And and I think some of it is that people don't understand fully what they're taxed for and where it goes. Are we are we already paying enough again? And you know, could we reappropriate that money in a way that would get us better results? Well, go back to our earlier comments about the general fund. Um, it's down to the sort of bare bones at this point. And I've been I posed questions um, last year when when Bill Schuette was running for governor, and he said he wanted to cut the income tax from four point two five to three point nine percent. Plus, he wanted to get rid of the tax on pensions. Um, his 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 plan alone was a one point two billion dollar hit tomorrow to the to the state budget. Gretchen Whitmer also uh, actually one point three billion because the his tax cut was a billion, and and getting rid of the pension tax is three hundred million. Whitmer wanted to get to and has promised to get rid of this pension tax. It's three hundred million dollars. She also wanted to stop what she calls the raid of school aid fund money to pay for higher education from community colleges and university, that's now $900 million that has been shifted uh, that, that prior to Rick Snyder, prior to last year of, of, of Jennifer Granholm, community colleges and universities were always funded out of the general fund. The general fund is, is in, increasingly been so strained, and, this, and the school aid fund has been growing because it's pre predominantly um, uh, sales tax funded. 
um, that they, the legislature and, and Governor Snyder started taking from it every year to fund the uh, universities. It's now $900 million. So, I mean, I wrote this piece there back in the campaign how, you know, Whitmer and, and Schutte were both promising billion-dollar deficits um, <laughs> um, in, in their in their campaign promises uh, just from the start. And so, um, like I said, there's not a lot of wiggle room here, uh, especially now if, if, if Governor Whitmer wants to try to make good on, on stopping the raid, she's going to have to find a way to, to prop up the general fund again. And, and again, there's not um, a lot of money. And so I kept asking questions, okay, which state prisons are you going to close? Like how many thousands of people are we going to let out of jail? Um, how you know what what state agency are you willing to live without? Because um, that's really kind of what it's down to, basically, uh, in state government. Much of state government is basically just one big transfer payment of federal funds that flow through. But the, the rest of it, this ten billion dollars. When you hear politicians talk about the fifty-seven billion dollars state budget, they're 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 mixing in the ten billion. They're mixing in the fourteen billion Lots that go to schools. There's no discretion, and the over. rest of it is totally uh, yeah, no discretion. It's either take it or leave it. Um, and that's that's what funds Medicaid and and, and and all kinds of different social programs and federal 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 programs. That just the money flows through state agencies, and so they don't have a lot of control over this. And and um, there, there hasn't a lot of our revenue sources are not growing. I mean, we we made major tax policy changes in the state in 2011 uh, that resulted in a 1.8 billion dollar a year cut in 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 uh, in income taxes for for businesses, um, and a major shift of more tax burden on to individuals. And so um, going forward, I mean, we still have a we have a leg, legacy tax credits uh, that are funding our, our state government or excuse me, our, that are funding that are subsidizing our auto industry. Um, but to the tune of six hundred million dollars a year, we talked about earlier about that six hundred million that we need uh, to make, make good on that one point two billion dollar more for roads. Well, we put that much money every year um, into into tax credits for for some of our biggest um, um, auto companies. And so, you know, there's a lot of uh, choices to be made, and there's not a lot of extra wiggle room in the budget now. Yeah. Okay, Chad Livengood, reporter with Crane's Detroit Business. Always great to speak with you about uh, politics here in the state of Michigan. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Up next, we're going to talk with another journalist who has covered Governor Whitmer for years and knows the road funding debate really well. Michigan Advanced Editor-in-Chief Susan Demas will join us. Also, don't forget, if you miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you. And listen when you are ready. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. David and Inkster, Robert in Birmingham. Skip in Detroit. We will get to you next. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. We're talking about roads here in the state of Michigan, the awful condition of the roads that has gone on for year after year after year. We finally have a governor who says she will fix the roads. She spent most of the campaign last year talking about fixing what she called the damn roads, but now she's got to deliver on that, and there are real questions about how she will do that. Will she be able to raise revenue? Will she borrow the money? Will she be able to convince the Republican legislature to go along with what she suggests? 
We would love to hear from you uh, all hour about this. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And joining us now to continue talking about how Governor Whitmer will approach this issue is Susan Demas. She is the editor-in-chief of Michigan Advance, a progressive news site that covers Michigan politics. Susan, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's start by talking about what leverage Governor Whitmer might have over the legislature to try to get something done. Well, she was the top vote getter in the state on November 6th um, and often got more votes than even some of the Republicans who won or kept their seats. So um, on a case by case basis, she might have some leverage. But, you know, in terms of numbers, if the Republicans don't want to do anything, they still control the legislature. So it's the old push and pull of divided government. So so I was very concerned uh, last year when she made this the centerpiece of her campaign, but didn't follow up with specifics about how she would get it done. And I thought she was kind of putting herself out on a limb saying that this was the her premier issue and kind of putting it on her own shoulders, but not really uh, not really paving a way for it to happen. And if it doesn't happen, I guess the person who will be to blame is Governor Whitmer. Uh, can you talk about that kind of positioning? Did she make a mistake in placing so much uh, importance on this issue that she doesn't have complete control over? Well, you know, I, I don't think that she's very unusual. Um, you know, I would say the centerpiece of her predecessor's campaign um, in 2010, Governor Snyder, was redoing the business tax. And, um, you know, although he had specifics, he certainly didn't let us know that he'd be raising taxes on individuals mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he had, I don't think he would have won by about 20 points. So, um you know, I, I, I've seen this from many, many people who have run for office before. Um, and frankly, sometimes specifics get you into more trouble. Mm. So, and she didn't know what kind of legislature she'd be working with. Certainly she was hoping it would be a Democratic one. That's not the case. Um, governors tend to get a lot of credit and a lot of blame. So she very well may walk away with the primary Uh, responsibility if this doesn't come to pass or if it's not a very good solution. But, you know, um, she also has the advantage of a very unpopular Republican president. So sometimes um, that can take the heat off of you. Hmm. Uh, What kind of negotiator is Whitmer? Uh, What do we know about her ability to get her way, even in the face of partisan opposition? Well, she has served in the minority for her entire time in the legislature. So, um, you know, to some degree, she was not even at the table for a lot of the fights when she was the Senate Democratic leader because she was serving in a super minority. So a lot of times Democratic votes weren't even necessary. Um, But she has shown an ability with various issues like anti-bullying, for instance, measures that have passed legislature that she can work across the aisle. Um, You know, she comes from a bipartisan family in politics. 
um, and, you know, certainly has many friends in the other party. Not too many of those folks are, are actually left in the capital, such as life under term limits. But, um, you know, I think she brings more experience to the table, certainly than we've seen since John Engler was governor. So that can be an advantage. Hmm. Uh, this this Republican sticking point about no new revenue. Uh, I can't tell you how many Republicans in the legislature have said something like that uh, over the over the last many years, and and the, even the leadership in the new legislature is is taking that position. Is there a way for her to offer something, perhaps, that would get them off of that square? Or is that just an ideological belief that you're never going to get around? I mean, uh, how in, in in Lansing can she negotiate around what seems to be uh, a, a very big stumbling block? Well, you know, Rick Snyder successfully raised taxes on many, many people. I think we've lost Susan. Uh, we're going to try to get her back on the phone. Meanwhile, let's get back to the phones. We've got a lot of folks who want to talk about the roads. David in Inkster, Jerry in Detroit, Robert in Birmingham, Skip in Detroit. Hang on one second. We'll get to you. Uh, let's start with Jerry. Jerry in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit today. Uh, thank you. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard it said that uh, Engler raided the road funds back in his administration to make the general fund look better. Hmm. And uh, I think Governor Blanchard criticized him for that subsequently, that Blanchard never would have done anything like that because once you let the roads go, it's so hard for, for you to recover to, uh, for repairs. Yeah, I think And the- I was just want, curious if your guest... I was going to ask uh, Mr. Levelgood, but maybe your current guest could. Uh, yeah, my my memory of that is that there is some truth to that. That 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 the political context was that it was difficult to raise revenue for other things, and it was easier to move money around. Uh, and so that's, for instance, why we have uh, things like a gas tax that uh, that helps pay for the school aid fund as opposed to roads, uh, for instance. Uh, we, we've done a lot of borrowing from one place to pay for another instead of raising uh, new revenue. And I do believe that started with uh, with with Angler. Uh, it may even date back further uh, further than that. But but we certainly have done that <clears throat> over and over over the last ten or twenty years. And that's one of the reasons that we're in as bad a shape uh, as we are, Jerry. Uh, when we get Susan Demas back <clears throat> on the line, we'll talk a little more about that. Um, let's go to Skip in Detroit. Skip, welcome to Detroit today. Yeah, good morning. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I got a question. How come the roads are going bad every year? They have this. The contractors have this gift that keeps giving. They come back every five years. they got to redo Southfield, 94, whatever. Yet they've never had to redo the runway at the airport. What well, they, they actually the airport. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they do, we don't have on the highway. Well, they actually do, do redo the runways at, at the airports, and they build them to very different specs. I mean, you think about the weight that a runway is bearing each day, many many times, versus the weight that a, a, a road is is bearing. They're, they're, it's kind of apples and oranges. Um, but of course, there's also different funding streams for those things, right? Uh, the state does not pay to pave runways at Metro, 
those are all, well, I believe, federal uh, funds and, and airline fees and things like that. So I'm not sure that's an exact comparison apples to apples, but I do appreciate the question. And it does, again, get back to this idea that there is some way to build things to a higher standard that they don't crumble than we're doing now. We, we have Susan Demas, uh, editor-in-chief of the Michigan Advance, back with us, Susan. Um, you, were, you were talking about uh, this, this sticking point of no new revenue and whether Governor Whitmer could get around that. Yeah, it remains to be seen if Republicans will deal with her. You know, certainly they have their own priorities. Um, you know, raising taxes is always a sticky point with Republicans, but it's not impossible. So, um, you know, I, I do think that everybody in the Capitol understands that roads are a huge issue for people and something needs to be done. And it is hard to do so with no new revenue. So, um, you know, this is going to be a huge challenge for the governor in her first year. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if the spirit of bipartisanship uh, really lasts beyond her budget message. Mm. Uh, do you expect that we will see in her budget message, she, she's promised that there'll be enough money in there to fix the roads. Is that how she will unveil this? In other words, uh, she'll have something in there that, that is a surprise, perhaps, to legislators in, in addition to everybody else? Or... Is this uh, is there going to be a negotiation up to that point, and then uh, then they'll they'll work together? Well, generally, you know, the governor presents their vision um, in the budget, and then negotiations start. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that Governor Whitmer has brought back are the so-called quadrant meetings with the four legislative leaders. Something that Rick Snyder didn't have much use for, since he had a Republican-controlled legislature to deal with. Um, so perhaps she's already started negotiations. You know, those tend to be private meetings. Um, you know, that's something that I'm not aware of, but you know, um, that may be a smart tactic when you do have two Republican leaders in charge. Okay. Susan Demas, editor in chief of the Michigan advance. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit today. Thank you. Up next, I am going to talk with Matt Viser. He is the national political reporter for The Washington Post. He had some conversations with Macomb County Trump voters who are having second thoughts about the president amid the government shutdown. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.